when you're like 15, 16, like, you don't realize that you're not even born yet. Like, they literally are sitting there thinking they, they're getting close to having to have their shit figured out. Kids, I got a big one for you. You know how your parents and teachers are telling you, like, you gotta get fucking focused, you gotta figure out your shit? You're not gonna believe this, it's really fucking funny. None of them have their shit figured out. Attention is the number one asset. All right, all right. All right. Uh, Gary, we're gonna go through a couple questions here with you. Uh, first of all, what about last week in the Jets? How do you feel, bro? Oh, I saw Jets shirts. I see you. I saw you. <laughs> and I also saw Tierra Whack fucking. There we go. Let's fucking go. Um, the Jets. It's all about this weekend. We're at a crossroads. We're two and three. You all know our shit got fucked up four fucking plays into this season. But you we got the Eagles, who are ridiculously tough. I actually like the Eagles a lot because we both hate the fucking Giants. <laughs> but I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a miracle because if we can win this week, it starts getting exciting. If not, it gets a little tricky. You start looking towards the draft. Tell me this, man. We're, we're obviously at a, the Spire event, yep. but uh, you just announced uh, another one of your events, VCon. Yes. Uh, coming up in LA. Yes. What's the passion of throwing these big events for VCon and stuff? You know, the NFT thing, for a lot of you, that either were paying very close attention or weren't paying attention at all. When the NFT thing hit, obviously I believe in it so much and I believe in the blockchain heavy. In the height of the height, August 2000, I started making a ton of content saying 99% of these things are going to zero because I was starting to see everyone just went to the greed side, not the building and the patience and the IP side. But for me, VFriends, the characters you saw up there, it's my Pokemon meets Sesame Street. You know, I have a lot of passion for what I just talked about. I think you get, you know, a lot of you have been along this journey, you're starting to get more insight to what makes me tick. I, I know that me as a person has been able to amass an audience, but I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Watch this. How many people here, the first time they saw me, were like, fuck that dude, he's a douche. Make some noise. Yes! Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, luckily, luckily, for the people that raised their hand, you get lucky sometimes and people will give you, you know, you get a couple more at-bats, they hear the right thing and, and you can make that jump. But there's a lot of people that will never even give me a second chance or someone that looks like me, I get it. And I'm not for everyone. We all consume differently and there's different voices, different backgrounds, I get it. With Friends, my Sesame Street meets Pokemon, if I can't teach you patience, well then I'm gonna make Patient Panda so fucking popular that they're gonna get to your kids and then, <laughs> and so it's a very big mission of mine. Yeah. I, you know, at first I thought I was building Disney, but then as I learned more about what Jim Henson did with Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, there was a lot of meaning behind those characters, and I'm very inspired by that. And so, anyway, when I did the NFT thing, I kind of anticipated the chance that it would take some time. I didn't anticipate the prices would get so crazy. Greed really took over. I didn't anticipate the government sending everybody free money. You know, there was a lot of shit that went into it. But I knew that the blockchain allowed me to do unique things. Yeah. So the fact that you would get this collectible, right, this VFriends collectible, I wanted to make sure there was real life value. So I said, for a long time, I've been wanting to do a South by Southwest meets Rolling Loud. Like, what's, what would the coolest business conference look like? And so when I did VFriends, I'm like, this is my chance. I'm gonna sell these. I'm gonna make the initial selling of them, the collectible, have three years to this conference. We did it in Minnesota. The first year where the Vikings play, we did it last year, where the Colts play in Indianapolis. This year I wanted to try a different format, so we're doing it in LA Live in August, and 
I'm really proud of it and I've learned a lot about events. It's 10,000 people, it's, it's a big event. You know, Snoop and Pharrell yeah. and it, Drew Barrymore and just like a lot of pop culture. You know, Andrew Schultz did stand up, Busta Rhymes performed. Like I really, I'm really going for it. I mean, it's, I want, it's almost like I didn't, I didn't have the kind of money as a kid to go to summer camp, you know? But for me, having this event to look forward to every summer where I can really talk about pop culture and business and marketing and innovation. And so this is the last year that only the NFT holders can go. And then I've got a decision to make where I go with it afterwards, but I'm really excited about it. Very cool, man. Let me, uh, obviously in a room full of entrepreneurs and business owners, and uh, uh, we're all growing and scaling. If you can, uh, paint a little bit of a vision uh, that we can see down on scaling. Uh, I, I think you just surpassed 2,500 staff and employees now. 2,000. 2,000 at your company. Uh, for us that are in the room growing and scaling, yeah. scale that up. Give us a vision. What is that like? When I went into my dad's store at a school, we had eight employees doing three million bucks, and five years later, we had almost 200 people doing $50 million a year. When I started VaynerMedia, because my dad really never paid me much money, I, I don't <laughs> think people, it's funny for me when people try to razz me, they're like, he inherited. I'm like, motherfucker, I <laughs> inherited nothing, dick. <laughs> I built a huge business for my father and left and didn't have anything, which is why I had to start VaynerMedia in a conference room of another company. I promise you if I inherited it, we would have fucking chairs. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> so I started VaynerMedia very humbly, and in 14 years, not knowing anything about that world, we built a $350 million business with 2,000 employees. I, I feel confident that I can speak about scaling. The number one reason, brother, that most people here will not scale to the level that they want to is because they don't love their employees enough. Mm. Mm. The real answer to the quiz is realizing you work for people, not they're beholden to you because you write their check. The way that employers treat employees when they have big aspirations and it's their company. I'm not talking middle management in a corporation. You're both in fucking jail. I'm talking it's your shit and you want it to be as big as possible. The two biggest mistakes people make is they don't invest in people like really, like really. For example, I have 2,000 employees. I, that's just VaynerX. I have vFriends. I have fucking Vayner Sports. I'm always still helping my dad because that's our relationship with Wine Library and Wine Text. I'm doing, I got the Gary V brand. I've got a, I got a pickleball team. I got a ton of shit going on. And yet, if you looked at my calendar, I'll show you right now, real talk. Watch this, tomorrow, I promise you, like, shit. no, forget that. Don't look at how many. It's what? It's what in these 15 minute meetings? It's with employee, Paige Carlin, one on one. Destiny John, one-on-one, -on -one, right? Charles, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, one-on-one, yeah. one-on-one, one-on-one. 15 one -on -one. minutes, 15 minutes, 15 yeah, minutes. You just don't fucking care about them enough. Wow. And if you don't care about them first, how the fuck do you expect them to care about your shit? Yeah. That's number one. Okay. Number two, the biggest reason most of you will not get to where you want to get to, promise you, the biggest reason is because you have a business to buy dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What ends up happening is you got it going a little bit. You're doing two million, a million. You got 200,000 in profit, and you take all that shit and buy some shoes. Instead of leaving it, hiring more people, and doing four million the next year, you're, you're, you're using your business for your lifestyle instead of you building your business. So, so for me, I don't think I had a salary over $100,000 until 
almost 40, because my dad definitely didn't pay me shit. And then when we started VaynerMedia, I was already kind of in that mindset. And so I was just reinvesting. VaynerMedia went from zero to 1.8, 1.8 to three. Then I went full time, three to 14, 14 to 27, 27 to 48, 48 to 72. But the way I was able to do that was, along the way, I wasn't trying to buy another house or a fucking boat. I was trying to build a business, and the biggest reason people will not scale here is they don't care about their people at all, sometimes, or enough, and they use their business to fund their lifestyle, and they don't build a business, they build a machine of cash to like live, which is, by the way, do you. You can do whatever the fuck you want. This is America. <laughs> but if you're asking me why I see people stay at two, three, four, five, it has to do with all the shit in their closet that they don't wear. Yeah. I want to do this one thing. <clears throat> I found out today uh, when we came here, Gary, uh, a, a school teacher um, that teaches entrepreneurship and finance to a group of kids uh, uh, paid uh, for probably around 50 high schoolers uh, that he teaches. Uh, to come to this event. It's amazing. He got the bus for them, paid for the bus, paid for the food, uh, did the whole thing. I, we found out it, uh, here, and we, we put a special room in together for him and did some stuff with him. Uh, but where's that group of, of high schoolers at? Where you, there they are, right over there. There they are. If... Uh, Obviously, work with a lot of young people. No, Yo, kids, don't take the eighth place trophy. It's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> so when they hand it to you, fucking throw it back in their fucking face. You got it? What uh, you obviously work with a lot of uh, of people, but young people in high school in They're my fucking favorite. What would you? What advice me, would you let give? Let me them? tell you one other thing. When we shit on Gen Z, you need to hear me loud and clear as you're gonna go home tomorrow and complain again that nobody wants to take this job that you're offering $18 an hour for, Gen Z's not lazy, Gen Z has options. We have to, they know that they can just fucking make TikToks and get brand deals. They know that they can flip shit on eBay. They know they can do a Shopify store. I promise you, if we all had the internet, we wouldn't have worked at Kmart either. <laughs> Good. Motherfucker, if I had the internet, I wouldn't have graduated middle school, let alone fucking <laughs> high school. I would have been out by 11, be like, peace, Mr. Dennis, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. All right. I would have had the Jets 20 years ago if I had the internet when I was a kid. Fuck. My fuck, I wish I had that shit. Fuck. What, what, just, what piece of advice, if you gave one piece of advice around high school, what, what would you tell the, the, the high schoolers over there? There's so much, which is why I make so much, so much content on TikTok. And we all remember, when you're like 15, 16, like, you don't realize that you're not even born yet. Like, they literally are sitting there thinking they, they're getting close to having to have their shit figured out. Yeah, Kids, yeah. I got a big one for you. You know how your parents and teachers are telling you, like, you gotta get fucking focused, you gotta figure out your shit? You're not gonna believe this, it's really fucking funny. None of them have their shit figured out. <laughs> None. None. So what I, what I would tell them is, and I would tell this to a lot of people in this room, especially looking at the 20, 30, and 40-year-old, 50, 60-year-old faces, we have such a bad relationship with time. It's, mm. it's a big passion of mine. I know that people that follow me here know how much I pound this. With modern medicine, do you know that they're gonna live to 130? Yeah. Like real shit. 
Like, I don't know if anyone's paying attention to what's going on. It's crazy. Modern medicine is moving fast. We are figuring out a ton of shit. Like, people, like, literally, if you're 12, 14, 15, 16, buck 10, buck 15, buck 20, buck 30, for real. And before you're like, nah, just do your homework. Look at what's been happening. 85, are you kidding me? If somebody lived to 60, in the 1970s, they were like, you fucking made it. (laughs) So, what I would tell them is, and I would tell a lot of you, and this goes back to like, this is gonna be a fun one, because I'll tell them and then I'm gonna you, you. For them, they need to be high risk. Yeah. They need to follow their actual dream, actually. They need to mitigate regret. You know what is really hurting for a lot of people in here? The shit they didn't do at 20 and 30 that they wanted to. Right, because they thought they were supposed to or their mommy made them do it or society told us. I get it, shit. When I, when I was a kid, like entrepreneurship wasn't even a thing. At 14, 15, 16, everyone told me besides my mom that I was gonna be a loser because I got D's and F's. Mm. Kids, I got D's and F's. <laughs> like, you know, like we didn't have the, you know who Gary Vee is online? besides trying to make my mom proud, he's the person I wish existed for me when I was 16. Yeah, yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Which is why I talk about the bullshit of Nike Scott. Like if I, like I needed someone to look up to, there's too many people that say win at all costs, kill everybody, fuck you. I don't believe in that shit. I believe there's two ways to build the biggest building in town. One, just have the fucking talent to do it. Or two, like most people, tear down everybody else's building. Yep. And so I think about that and I want to be that role model. I want to be that person for 15-year-old me if they happen to sit there. But if you're a musician, if you want to be a stay-at-home dad, if you want to coach Little League, I don't know what you're about, but whatever it is, at this age, for the next 20 years, nothing but that. And then, if you didn't have the talent, if it didn't bounce your way, if you weren't good enough, if it just didn't click, then, at the ripe age of 33, you can go get a regular job. Yeah. And for this crew, I wish they knew what 50 is in today's world. Yeah. When people are like, it's over. What's over? You're gonna be 30, 40 more, like what? You're just gonna dwell for 30 years? <laughs> I wish people knew that the number one thing they should do right now, if they're not enjoying it, though I don't know if you heard, everyone's happy in here. Yeah, they're happy. <laughs> But if you're one of those two people that didn't clap, if you're not pumped with what you do, do you understand how much time we spend on working? You, when Add sleeping and then figure out how much work is your life. It's the majority of your life. Mm. If you don't like it, you're making a mistake. And I understand. Fuck you, Gary, that's dream shit. I got a mortgage, I, got, I get it. But I don't understand why people don't fight for their happiness. Yeah. Do you, like, yeah. and, let me, and let, me go in, let me go into detail. Let me go into detail. In my way of seeing the world, if you can't quit your thing to go try to do another thing, you start looking at everything that costs you money. If you're actually miserable, real talk, like if you don't wake up on Monday and you're like, yeah, <laughs> right? Like people that live for Friday evening, That's not life. If you're one of those people, the first thing you look at is, do you own a home? If you own a home and you're not happy, like really not happy, but you can't afford to jump, 
I think it's a debate to say, let me sell this home, let me take out the equity, give me a year, I'll have the humility, right? I'll go back to an apartment, I'll go to a smaller home, I'll rent a smaller home, but we don't do it because we're worried about judgment. Most of you will not do the thing you should do to get to happiness because you don't want to be embarrassed and that fucks me up. It's like sports. Most of you are living your life. Can you imagine if every athlete reacted to every time they were booed? When you're an athlete, you don't even hear the fucking crowd. When people try to tell me or judge me on what I'm doing, I'm like, motherfucker, you're in the crowd eating popcorn. I'm fucking playing. (laughs) So if you need to fucking sell your home because you bought a home that was too big for your skis and you... (laughs) The realtors are motherfuckers, aren't they? (laughs) And you have a home that has... I don't know, four rooms that you never fucking use and it's fucking you up because that mortgage is fucking you up and your lease is a fucking Tesla and you go on three vacations for the fucking photos on the gram to show people you're winning on the outside but, and you're actually losing on the inside. Swallow some fucking humility and fight for your happiness. Last. Uh, Gary, uh, last question here for the day. Uh, Alex, if you got to come out. Uh, so, Gary, me and you were talking backstage, and what a lot of these uh, guys don't know is uh, Aspire would actually never exist uh, without uh, the very first interview I ever did with Money Is. Kind of launched this whole freaking thing uh, about four years ago in your office, and we were talking about backstage. So, I'm going to, you were the first person we ever did the interview with. I don't know if you remember your answer, but I remember it. Uh, I didn't tell you what it was, uh, but if I asked it to you again, uh, money is blank. What would the answer be, and then why Today, would it be that? Money is an exposer. An exposer. My friends, money exposes. If you're a piece of shit when you're poor, you're really a piece of shit when you're rich. I love when people are like, Gary, money changed him. I'm like, no, it didn't. Yeah. I promise you, money is an exposer. Money exposes people. Yep. Real talk. Yeah. It fucking exposes people. It just accelerates your truth. Yeah. It, it just does. You're, you're good people, you get paper, you're real good people, promise. Watch it, pay attention. It's never, ever been any other way. Money, money is an exposer. Perspective mm. is what we think money does. When you decide to not look here and you look here and you see completely different shit, you can possibly act different. Yeah. That is what people think money does for them. Mm-hmm. Putting in the work, having the humility. It took me time to get to understanding candor was a flaw. Mm-hmm. I used to blame them. I was doing this, right? I'm really good at this for almost everything. But when I wasn't strong enough to fire you, because I liked you. Because, I mean, once, back to what I said earlier, you come into my company, We're fucking family. Like I think in sports terms, you're like on my team now, right? Like we're gonna kill everybody and I start getting feelings. I do, like I love my fucking teams. And so when I, when someone sucked, Mm -hmm. instead of having the ability to say, hey, you're not good at this and build, like have the ability to build them up, I would just, because I didn't want it and it would get worse and worse and worse and then after three years of them sucking 
and I would sloppily fire them out of, I mean, it was bad. In my 20s, it was out of control. At 28, I could like walk by somebody at the liquor store and be like, Johnny, you're the fucking best, see you on Monday, like on a Saturday night, and then Monday be like, yo, can you come to my office real quick? Yo, by the way, you're fired. And he, Johnny's like, motherfucker, you said I was the best on Saturday. And I was like, fuck, I'm sorry. I'm like, here's more money. Just get the fuck out of the company. You know, like, like it was sloppy. It was sloppy. Yeah. And you know what I did? I blamed them. I'm like, Johnny, fuck you, Johnny. How didn't you, you fucking sucked. You knew you sucked. What the fuck, you know? And I wasn't there. And I think we do that on a lot of things. Yeah. And so I think we need to be, we need to be way more accountable. Like, the second you realize the world is how you see it. Even in times like this, if you want to look outside right now, you can find unlimited positivity. And the second you realize that anything that is bothering you is on you. It's on you. Every single person here is more than capable of fixing it. Maybe not this minute, but if you believe otherwise, you've already lost. If you believe you can't fix it, I'll never get my mom. That's, if you believe that, then it won't happen. And more importantly, back to before, this, this is, at VCon, I said a funny line with passion. I said, fuck your grandparents. Mm. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Let's talk that out for a second. Yeah. So many people shit on their parents because that's what uh, we do as humans. We blame yeah. our parents. Yeah, yeah. Like, my mom, like, you don't get it, Gary. I can't, you... Especially the way I talk about my parents and my mom, you, you can imagine, right? Going through the airports on DM, Gary, you don't get it. I can never, because unlike you, my mom was poison. And I'm like, but then when you really go deep, as I have over the last 20 years on this, people are all mad at their parents, but they love grandma, because mm. when they went over there, she gave them pie. <laughs> Meanwhile, your grandma is the one that made your mom the way she is. Yeah. And so we give granny a pass. Yeah, yeah. But we shit on dad like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a funny game. Once you get to that place, then you realize, wait a minute, great grandma was a real bitch. <laughs> and so my question is, you can sit here and yeah. continue to blame the president, right. your mom, or you can decide, I'm a grown ass man, I'm a grown ass girl, and instead of doing all these proxies to make makeup on my problem, let me go do work. Yeah. Let me do work. Because it's super easy to blame. It's easy. Yeah. You just do it. But people are not putting in the work. And what, again, so to me, money, it's that people swear that that's just shit that's going to fix it. Well, if you got fucked up shit, yeah. that shit is not fixing it. Mm. It's going to make you spend that shit on more fucked up shit and you're going down, down fucking town. I love it. I love Charlie it. Charlie Brown, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? All right, that's it, Gary. You guys give Gary a round of applause, man. Yeah. Gary V. Thank you, San Diego. Thank you.